X-Ray. Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. I'm Jeff Smith from Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday, November 19th. Today, back in the day, November 19th, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address. He made that short 271-word speech at the site of the Civil War's bloodiest battle. Somewhere around 50,000 soldiers died at that battle, described by some as the turning point in the Civil War. It was Robert E. Lee's first major defeat. Senator Edward Everett spoke before Lincoln. He talked for two hours, 14,000 words. And after that, Lincoln stood up before 15,000 people. And he said, four score and seven years ago, our parents brought forth in this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all people are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those here who gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate. We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. These brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom." and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. Historians eventually discovered Lincoln delivered those remarks while sick with smallpox. He still got the speech out, though. And today, back in the day, November 19, 1969, the Apollo 12 mission successfully landed on the moon. Apollo 12 was the second crewed flight to land on the moon, Unlike Apollo 11, which landed miles off target after avoiding a field of boulders, Apollo 12 landed peacefully on target in an area that Commander Charles Pete Conrad Jr. nicknamed Pete's Parking Lot. Conrad and also lander Alan Bean would become the third and fourth people to walk on the moon. Conrad, who was shorter than Neil Armstrong, had a new quip to mark the moment. Man, that might have been a small one for Neil, but that's a long one for me. They also had a new color camera to film the occasion for folks at home. Unfortunately, Bean accidentally pointed the camera into the sun, which fried one of its tubes, promptly ending their television coverage. Today, we will have your Quick 6 news headlines. We'll also have an interview with the theater company's co-artistic directors Jennifer Rowe and Brandon Woolley. X-Ray. First up, it is time for today's Quick 6 local rundown. A Gladstone young man, age 19, has been linked to the severed deer heads left outside Lake Oswego homes. Police have identified the man who attended high school in Lake Oswego as a suspect in the case involving two severed deer heads being left near Biden-Harris campaign and Black Lives Matter signs. The case has been referred to Clackamas County District Attorney's Office for review. The 19-year-old told investigators he had been deer hunting and was driving around with friends. He left the deer heads near the signs because he wasn't a fan of Joe Biden. 
It is believed that the crime was racially motivated. It's time for your daily dose of data. The Oregon Health Authority reports as of Wednesday that there are 1,099 new positive cases of COVID-19 and 10 new deaths. This brings the total number of positive COVID cases to 59,669 and a total of 788 deaths. Moreover, Governor Kate Brown's executive order outlining a statewide freeze went into effect on Wednesday. New cases in Oregon, like in the rest of the country, are spiking at an alarming rate. The freeze, was, which lasts until at least December 2nd and in Multnomah County will last at least four weeks, has the following requirements. Face masks or face coverings will remain mandatory in public venues such as stores, restaurants, classrooms, offices, and anywhere where six feet physical distancing is not possible. Masks are mandatory for anyone age five and older. Portland International Airport requires masks for anyone age two and older. At home and social gatherings are limited to six people from no more than two households. Faith-based gatherings are limited to 25 people indoors or 50 outdoors. Maximum capacities for grocery stores are also limited. Curbside pickup is highly encouraged and store capacity is capped at 75%. Certain businesses like gyms, museums, zoos, and indoor recreation facilities are closed and workplaces are being asked to mandate work from home as much as possible. In West Lynn, they got a new mayor, two new councilors, and a third new one to come in a few months. That new mayor is going to be Jules Walters, a city councilor of the past two years, going to be sworn in mayor in January. And newcomers include Mary Baumgartner and 21-year-old Rory Bielostowski. One of his accomplishments was solving the parking problem at West Lynn High School when he was in high school. He's now 21 years old, ready to solve maybe other parking problems. 2020 council election saw a higher voter turnout by at least 5,000 votes in the past eight years. There's still 5,000 ballots left to count in Clackamas County. Portland Restaurant and Distillery is open to Drag Queen drive through With Kate Brown's new statewide freeze, businesses are getting creative in how they provide takeout. One business, Shine Distillery and Grill, located in North Portland, is providing a canopy so that customers don't have to wait in the rain. Remember, Shine Distillery is also one that gave people a bunch of hand sanitizer early on in the pandemic. Shine Distillery has also arranged customers to be served by drag queens who will put on a show while customers wait. They are calling it Drag Through. Owner John Poteet opened Shine Distillery about a year ago. Poteet used greenhouse frames to build a clear tunnel-style structure next to the Shine space. The grand debut of the Drag Through concept began November 18th at 3 p.m. That's just yesterday. Future performances will depend on turnout. In the future, Poteet is thinking of starting shows later in the day or that the distillery might feature different types of musicians and shows. And finally, woman crowdsources blanket for homeless with squares of warmth. Crystal Reed of Portland's Lentz neighborhood started the Squares of Warmth project about two years after leading volunteer efforts as part of her church to serve those on the streets. She's calling on volunteers to help assemble yarn squares and turn them into blankets for folks in Portland experiencing homelessness. Reed is asking for 8-inch by 8-inch knitted or crocheted squares in order to assemble the blankets. The effort is part of As Is Churches, Homeless Relief Ministry, where the church delivers the blankets along with other supplies like clothing and food. So far, they've made 139 blankets. Anyone interested in dropping off a completed square can do so at As Is Churches Hope Center at 6828 Southeast Holgate Boulevard. 
or you can deliver them to the little library box posted at 5246 Southeast 104th Avenue. There are wonderful people doing beautiful things. And that and that's is today's, today's Quick Six, Quick Local, Six Rundown. Local Rundown. X-ray. Our next segment is an interview with the theater company's co-artistic directors, Jennifer Rowe and Brandon Woolley. Jennifer and Brandon share their experience presenting theater during the pandemic, tapping into new modalities and new locations. Here are Jennifer and Brandon with Jeff Selby with a look back and a look forward. So joining us now are the co-artistic directors of the theater company, a nonprofit that brings the stage into the real world, connecting audiences with local businesses and nonprofits. Jen Rowe and Brandon Woolley, good morning. Hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry about that. I was I was told to mute, and now I'm unmuted. And I think we're here. We've made it. This is the toughest part of the interview right here. <laughs> here we are. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff happening on the screen here. Okay. Um, your first, uh, your two most recent productions were recorded as podcasts. So how was that process, and how was it different from a normal theatrical production? Yeah, um, I will say that as an actor and as a director, the process was um, a little bit simplified. Um, We could really focus on the script and we could really focus on the words and the story that was being told. And so it lended to a little bit of intimacy as well, because when you're right in people's ears, rather than um, communicating with so much outside of your voice on stage, there's a little bit more of an intimate experience. So it was really exciting to me. Yeah, and as a... No, go ahead, please. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was just going to say, as as the director of The Moors, I had the advantage of we were actually um, in tech rehearsals for the show right when COVID, the pandemic, shut everything down. And so... Um, it was it was an easy pivot once we um, decided to do these podcasts because we had we had built so much chemistry, so much um, relationship with the show for that one. Moving into just as Jen was saying, really being able to focus on the vocal quality, the um, how we're telling the story that way, and really using sound both of the human voice and also just of um, you know different sound cues and 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 song and and whatnot was really we were really able to flesh out that story a lot more which was very exciting very cool what was it like recording in the hallowed halls oh man they're so awesome i mean what uh, nothing that we did nothing that we are super proud of could have been accomplished without them justin phelps is the engineer at the hallowed halls and also the owner and he's i mean just sitting there i didn't we didn't really understand what greatness we were in um when you look around and you see all the records that he's recorded over the last 30 years and put out, it's just pretty miraculous. And it, um, we had an original partnership with the Hallowed Halls to perform Vinegar Tom there. And so it really worked out for us to just pivot and actually learn what they do at the Hallowed Halls in the mixing room and learn the genius of Justin Phelps when it comes to creating excellent audio. Very cool. Uh, And for folks who aren't familiar, what, makes the theater company different from other stage production groups around town? Yeah, so when we founded our company a little over a year ago, um, Jen and I had both been working in Portland theater for over 10 years, and we're just looking around and thinking, what can we bring 
new at this time to the arts community in Portland. And so we really challenged ourselves to answer that question. Um, and one of the things that uh, excited both of us was the idea of site-specific or found space theater. So um, we picked two plays that we thought lended themselves really well to that and began looking for partnerships with local businesses in a in a very altruistic um, framework so that we could highlight that local business um, and bring people into their environment, maybe outside of their normal hours um, and create real partnership and community in places that aren't downtown Portland for um for the for the arts and for the theater community, so that's what we're setting out to do. And as we're we're pivoting towards these audio plays, we're still trying to maintain those relationships. And as we're looking ahead to our 2021 season, which we'll be announcing soon, um, keeping found spaces and local businesses at the center of our mission and the way that we're making art is um, imperative and and super important to us. And it also gives us a chance to like really mine on intersectionality and the idea of bringing different communities together in different parts of Portland. So uh, how are your approaches to creating theater influenced by your experiences in the Portland theater world? I mean, I went to, I moved up here in 2004 and went to Portland State University and studied there for four years after studying theater for three years down in Fresno. And then, and while I was at Portland State, I started a company and started producing outside of the college in the Portland theater community. So I'm like a born and bred and raised Portland artist. And so I'm thrilled to um, be challenged in the ways in which I can re-contribute all of that experience back into the community. Yeah, and I, I moved here in 2010 and started working at Portland Center Stage. Um, pretty immediately and and worked there for about eight years in different capacities. And um, what's been so exciting in the founding of of this new company is Jen and I being able to bring our shared experience from from different entry points and then using that um, that knowledge and the the relationships that we've built over this over the time the excuse me the time frame that we've been here in Portland to um, call upon those relationships and to, to hopefully invigorate um, the community in a, in a little bit of a new way as well. Fantastic. Uh, we're uh, speaking to Brandon Willie and Jen Rowe, co-artistic directors of The Theater Company. If you want to find out more, uh, the website is thetheaterco.org and theater is spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E, The Theater Co. Dot org. Uh, so you mentioned intersectionality earlier. Uh, what kinds of stories are you trying to share? I think that we're trying to share human experience stories <clears throat> specifically. I mean, our first season is um, is is one about class uh, specifically. It's about um, I mean. M- the show that I just came from, the show that's currently running right now that I directed, Vinegar Tom, is all about the ways in which class and religion and a perceived person of power can impact a, a society and run it into chaos. And that affects all of us, no matter where we have been born or put on this land. And so um, I think that it's really important to talk about uh, to, to highlight class and economic situations when we're talking about art and the human experience. Very cool. Um, so you're a relatively new production company. Um, what are some ways that you've adapted to COVID-19 times? 
Yeah. So um, as we were, uh, as I mentioned earlier, our, our first production, our inaugural production was shut down due to the pandemic um, just a week before we were set to open. And um, Jen and I really took the time uh, because we had to for, for, you know, three to four months to figure out what it was that um, would make the most sense for us. And we started brainstorming some ideas, some big ideas in that time um, that we're excited to share uh, on December 4th when we have our season announcement. But while that train was running, we also received the, um, the rights permissions from Carol Churchill and Jen Silverman, our playwrights, to do these audio podcast um, dramas of the plays. And that just felt like a really fantastic way to put a button on this first season to be able to deliver something of of quality and that we were proud of. And as we're moving forward, we're um, we're excited to be able to work in different mediums, whether that's um, live theater when it's able to come back safely and once there's a vaccine um, or uh, more audio plays that we're releasing or potentially, um, you know, short theatrical uh, films that are released at some point as well. So we're we're trying to adapt and grow and learn and then use what we're learning during this time when we're just evaluating and reevaluating so much about our daily existence to move forward as a company um, and present Bye. something new. And I have to say, like, it's really exciting. It's really cool. When we first started out, we were talking about how can we reimagine the theater model to make it really exciting to ourselves um, and reinvigorating to ourselves. And now, as a result of this opportunity, this pause, we get to develop all of these different skills that we had no idea we'd be able to learn. So it's, it's kind of cool. Well, as we take a, a hopeful look into the future, uh, are there more opportunities for site-specific theater? I mean, what do those look like? I mean, I'm really excited for the for our 2021 season. Most definitely is going to be uh, partnering with mul- many, many different um, local businesses and um, found spaces throughout the community. I'm also really excited for the day when we get to um, safely come back together and we're able to uh, help businesses and help found spaces reopen and welcome people back into their homes. Very cool. Um, so the the old radio dramas of the 1930s, I love those. I've always wanted to be a part of those because I'd like to talk like this, you see. But uh, <laughs> but returning to the, the podcast format, what was the decision to make a podcast play inspired by, or was the decision to make a podcast play inspired by those uh, old radio dramas? Yeah, I think um, it, it's mostly about framing in terms of the the language that we're using, and by using podcast or audio drama or whatnot, podcast feels a little um, fresher to um, a, a today's audience when you're looking at like marketing terms to get really like nitty gritty around that. But um, we wanted them to feel as if you were like turning on NPR or um, something like that and getting those fun little like intros with some some music that's leading you in and then presenting this like chunk of text that is maybe longer than a normal podcast you know both of these plays are 75 to 90 minutes and so you're you're sitting down you're enjoying you're indulging yourself with this a little bit turning off your screen uh um hopefully uh and and just allowing yourself to bask in the the voice a little bit um and i i think that's really exciting and a return to um something of of yesteryear that that you're speaking to 
and my own experience listening to the way that Justin Phelps was able to mix these particular podcasts versus any other podcast that I've been listening to that um, other theater companies have pivoted to is that I, when I close my eyes, I imagine the stage that these actors are on. I imagine the blocking that they have. I imagine the costumes they're in because of the reverb sound. It just feels like they are filling up a stage. And so, and because of the sound design, um, I just, it feels so much more accessible to close my eyes and feel like I'm in an audience um, watching an actual production because of the production value. Well, one of the things about the pandemic that I think has been positive is um, innovation and folks just uh, trying to work, you know, continue their work and trying to navigate the the pandemic. But as you've been looking for ways to navigate the pandemic obstacles, um, are there any other formats uh, you've discovered that can tell a story effectively and safely? I mean, I think that there's all kinds, I mean, I know, I know that the, um, I have a couple of friends who are learning animation. I have a couple of friends who are learning claymation. Um, I have, uh, I know that in the theater world, um, some artistic directors are kind of, are meeting every once in a while to talk about innovation. And um, the brainstorming sessions have been really exciting over the past six months. Um, for us, we're, the podcast world and the sound design world was huge to learn, and now we're going to be venturing into the short film world um, But in our 2021 season. And, um, and what's really important to us while we continue innovating is to stick with our mission and to stick with the thing that made us love theater to begin with, which is playwrights who write really, really, really good stories. And so even as we're venturing into short films or continuing to do podcasts, um, that's kind of our signpost that we always stick to is making sure that live theater, that thread of playwrights who write really great plays is a part of all of our programming. Yeah. If you have a great story, it, it's easier to build around that, isn't it? That's totally. just right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it makes the, 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 and it's like, when you find a good story, you're like, I have to do this. You know, it, it's not even really a decision. It's just something that you know that you, you want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So you brought this up. Uh, you talked a little bit about it earlier, about uh, found spaces. Um, what is a found space and, and where do you find these spaces? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we I, I found space can be any space that lends itself to the story that needs to be told there, I think. So that could be, um, you know, we've been we've been saying local businesses quite often, and that's where we're really trying to head is is enlivening our community by transforming these found spaces to be something um, that brings art into them if they aren't already doing that. But a found space can be under a bridge for 10 people. You know, it can be um, any anywhere that you look around and you're inspired by it. Um, ours just happens to be, for this first season, we were partnering with Tabor Space in Southeast Portland and the Hallowed Halls as well. Um, two fantastic entities in their own and doing something really great for the community. Um, and for artists in Portland in different ways. And we um, were just inspired by the physical space of those those places. And so as we're looking ahead to the upcoming season, we're, we're looking at the plays and the stories that are being told um, and saying, well, where could that play work? Um, and, and what entities and businesses could we highlight that make the most sense with the threads that the story is telling as well? And what partnerships... Um, 
can we create and and try to move forward? So is there something about Portland that offers especially good found spaces? I, I, I do think so. I mean, we have so many quirky little odd places. Now, I will say that um, I have not been here for a very long time, but I've been here since 2004, and those spaces have quickly gone, which is um, one of the reasons why we wanted to start this company as well and do it with this mission, because... Um, the idea of trying to highlight those spaces and make sure that the spaces that are still lending themselves to creative work, to the quirkiness of Portland, to the story of how Portland has become Portland, um, that we can be a part of that story and try to maintain that story in Portland. Um, as long as, as well as like highlighting new, new things in Portland that we think are really, really cool and awesome. Great. So, uh, well, we've been uh, talking to Brandon Woolley and Jen Rowe, co-artistic directors of the theater company. Where can listeners find out more about the company? Yeah, you can go to our website, um, www.thetheaterco.org, and that's theater with an R-E. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at the Theater Co. PDX uh, or on Facebook as well, um, just the theater company located in Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, we are, our shows are running for the next two days through November 14th, The Moors and Vinegar Tom for our 2020 season. And it's only $10 per podcast. Um, and you can listen as many times as you want between now and November 14th. Fantastic. So we have today and tomorrow, and that's it. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's okay. it. <laughs> well, uh, go ahead, Jen. We did extend. Yeah, we, we extended for a couple of weeks because we received such excellent feedback. We didn't really know what we were go- getting into. But, um, yeah, you're catching us right at the tail end of our extension for sure. Well, I'm glad we got you on air. And thank, thank you so you. much for being here this morning and, and telling us your story. Uh, again, Brandon Woolley, Jen Rowe, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so for, having, for us. having us. Yes. Enjoy your day. Hey, thanks so much. And once again, there uh, you can find out more at The Theater. And theater is spelled... T-H-E-A-T-R-E-C-O dot org. Folks, X-Ray is working to get better. Thanks to you, we got a chance to do that. And as I transition, your help's going to be all the more important. We appreciate you. Thanks to Jennifer and Brandon for joining The Local. Thank you for listening to The Local, your hometown, in about 30 minutes. Thanks for subscribing, giving a five-star review, maybe sharing it with a friend. And thank you, Democracy. Talk to you tomorrow. X-Ray.